Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Um, when it comes to like exotic pets, how do, how do you feel about a chicken? Helping you unwind after a long day of work. Why like, is there a chicken? I saw at a local <laughs> place where like you can adopt pets. It's like, you know, you're looking to see like what they got dog wise and like there's a chicken. This is a dog, not a chicken. Chickens don't look like dogs. Can a chicken be a pet? No. It feels like it'd be pretty easy to take care of. The nightcap. Who the hell would want a chicken for a pet? On WGR. This is day one, and I'm already <laughs> thinking about acquiring a chicken. Sports Radio 550. I think way too often about exotic pets. Just going to throw that out there to start the show. I don't, I don't even like normal pets. I don't like animals very much at all. What do you mean you don't like? You don't like pets? I don't like pets. In I don't general? Like, like, I can hardly take care of myself. Why would I <laughs> bring a dog into my life? Okay, but if you see, like, a puppy or a kitten... I'm not going near it. It doesn't move, it doesn't move the needle for you? In fact, it actually moves me the other way. I just can't, I can't do it. Uh, that this, this is the work of a madman right here, I think. I, you can call me mad. You can call me whatever. I just I don't get the appeal of having an animal to look after. I just never got it. Do, do you know I'm picking up a puppy tomorrow? Just don't bring it so near me. Don't bring it near <laughs> Brendan. <laughs> You're going to be like the only person who's going to be like, oh, that's the cutest thing ever. Uh, I just think it's awkward. It's like, oh, I got a dog. It's like, I, cool. I just don't care. You know, it's, wow. I'm not saying I don't care about your dog. I, I, I am actually. I think, kind I think of. you are saying that. <laughs> so, yeah, but, it's okay. I think you are saying that. Yeah. No, I, I really just don't. I don't fish, like dogs. I don't nothing. like fish. Are the weirdest. Why? All like they're I can easier understand, to take care of. I, I get that, but I can understand the appeal of having like a companion. You know, a loyal dog to come home to. I I, I can somewhat empathize with that, but I like a fish. Like it does nothing. All it does is sit there. And it swims. It wastes money. It just wastes money. You just have to buy it food. You have to clean its tank every once in a while. Like, I just don't get it. And, like, I just, I don't know. They look cool. Well, I mean, and some of them look cool, I think. Wow, we come, we come very different sides of the aisle on this one. So, like, what, what do you mean you like, you're into the thought of exotic pets? Like, I don't know. I've always felt like having an Arctic fox would be cool. Just okay. like, you know, th- that's the guy who has an Arctic fox. Like, I wish I had one of those. I wish I could have one that was, you know, well-behaved enough to, to keep. Because it's technically a wild animal. Do you understand why, like, you shouldn't? Oh, of course. Okay. That's why I don't have one. All right. I didn't know Other if you were than, one well, of these, like, and, big game hunters yeah. who wanted no, 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 to just no, no, no. go to, like, Africa. No. And, you know. No, n- not at all. Don't get me confused with that for a second, I hope. 
Yeah. But that and also the availability. You can't just go to, you know, the local pet store, pick up an Arctic fox or, you know, some sort of monkey or something. Did you like Tiger King? Did you watch it? So I watched Tiger King, and Tiger King actually, I I used to think about, like, that as a joke, basically, right? Like, it would be cool to have, like, an exotic pet. Then I saw Tiger King, and I'm like, eh, maybe it wouldn't be that cool, because this is is absurd. Nature's a little scarier than, like, people let it out, you know, let it on to be. Yeah, that's right. Joe DiBiase, Brendan Keeney here on the Nightcap for the next hour here on WGR. We're going to lead you into Thursday night football. We got an 825 kickoff between the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Our coverage here on WGR starts at 8 o'clock. Is this a good game, by the way? Is this, or not a good game. I don't think it is because it's 3 and 4 versus 1 and 6. But is it an interesting game? Very much so because I have Matt Ryan starting tonight. <laughs> and I, <laughs> you know, it's actually funny. I've started uh, playing players that I usually wouldn't in fantasy. Uh, if they are playing a Thursday night game, just so I have something to root for. Like, I started Hayden Hurst over Noah Fant tonight. And I decide, like, I don't think that the production is going to be too much different from each other where it's going to, like, actually hurt me one way or the other. It could, but I decided uh, their projected points were about the same. So I was like, you know what? I'll give me something to root for. That's how I operate as well. And I would I would encourage all fantasy football owners to do that. Like, if, if all else is equal, tie goes to the guy playing on primetime. Yeah. Because, yeah, it gives you another reason to watch that game. I don't think I have. I have Curtis Samuel maybe in one league today. but Or no, Rob, Robbie Anderson I have going in one league today. He's been phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. More post-Adam Gase players just – lighting it up. I think he's leading the NFL in receiving right now. You it's know what incredible. I actually I actually am interested in seeing is the potential for another amazing choke job by the Atlanta Falcons because they are astounding. They've become at pulling pros it at it. It is yeah. unbelievable. I think I, I can't remember, so don't don't hold me to this stat, but I thought I saw a stat the other day that said they have lost three games this season where they had a win likelihood greater than 98.5%. Yeah. I, it was something crazy like that. They've they've mastered the choke job. It's incredible. Is there like They're another, cursed. Is there They're another cursed team? from the Super Bowl. 23. Is there another team right now that you think of that's like even on the same level oh, of them? Oh, no. It, it's, I think the it's like unprecedented. I thought of was the San Jose Sharks, by the way. But they... Oh, you mean like sports team? All sports. Like any sports team that's like... On the same level tier as the Falcons of like the 2004 they're gonna, Yankees, they're going to blow it every time. The the 04 Yankees, but the Yankees in general, you wouldn't think of them as that. Eh, I I just when someone says the Yankees, I think of 2004. I think the Dodgers, but I am a Red Sox fan. So. I think the Dodgers would have been this actually before they won. Mm. The Dodgers would have been thought of. Can as you that narrow team. it down to individual players? Sure, because then throw Clayton Kershaw in there. Mm. But again, that's probably gone now. Yeah. Um, is your label hmm. as a choke artist gone as soon as you win one title? Yes, I, I think it has to be. What if you the were... whole the whole idea behind it is that you can't get it done. Like you can't you can't win the ultimate goal because you're just gonna blow it. But then when you do it, it's like, well, you might have blown it these other times, but you've at least proven now that you can get over the hump. Okay, Peyton but, Manning was that a little bit too at okay. one point. I don't know. I think I feel Who else like is an individual for you. Do you have another one? No, I, I was really just thinking about Clayton Kershaw. But Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's the Dodgers have just been kind of you know at the top of everyone's mind she, and finally getting it done. I can't believe yeah. they they should have multiple. Like if we're being honest with ourselves, with mm-hmm. that payroll, the talent they've accumulated over the past decade, they should have more than one. 
You know, like, yeah. here's here's a question. If someone did it early in their career, but hasn't been able to get over the hump in a long time, are do they can they have the reputation of a choke of a choke artist? Yeah, they can. Like the Packers, the pack, the Packers. Hmm. I don't want to put that on Aaron Rodgers, though. You know, why not? I I feel like he's been I I have this thought on Aaron Rodgers that he that we've been robbed of the best career that we've ever seen from a quarterback because the Packers just like he's throwing what's the stat he hasn't thrown a touchdown to a first round that is crazy in his in his career that is crazy yeah like or, or one maybe and it's Mercedes Lewis that's like, right like that. that's what it was like it was holy Mercedes Lu- yeah. cow that team yeah. just and Mike McCarthy for as long as he was their coach. And I always thought he was just like such a boob as a head coach. Yeah. And Rodgers was so good it's that they left well him in up. Dallas. No, it's not. And I'm not surprised at all. And it's like Rodgers is 36 now. They're drafting his replacement when they were a game away from the Super Bowl. I The Packers I will label as choke artists. Okay. I will not put that on Aaron Rodgers though. I will not. All right. Bills and Patriots on Sunday. Uh, I wanted to spend a lot of time today, and you're feel feel free to jump in on this at eight oh three oh five fifty. You can also jump in on who the all time uh, choke artist is in sports, or maybe who's the top one going right now. Now that Clayton Kershaw has won a World Series, um, that came about by the way because Falcons will be on our station in about an hour against the Panthers. Bills and Patriots on Sunday. We spent a lot of time yesterday on the Patriots being shot and maybe nearing selling. At the trade deadline, which is coming next week, and they're two and four. A loss would put them at two and five, and naturally, I think anybody would arrive at the point of, "Hey, you're three and a half games back of the division. You look awful. What's the point? Why go for it? You don't have a future plan at quarterback, by the way. Also, and this is an incredible quarterback class coming up. So why are you even going to go for it? And now it feels like, or it seems, according to some reports, one by Albert Breer from MMQB. Breer reported a couple of hours ago that the Patriots are seriously considering a fire sale where basically every player is available, including Stephon Gilmore, including Julian Edelman. Like, I didn't see anything about any guys that would be exceptions. I don't even know if I could think of a Patriot that should be anyway. Like, that should be I, exception, I was trying to think about that earlier. There, There is not a single player. Right. Like the Houston Texans said they were going to do a similar thing, but they listed four specific players as guys they want to hold on to. It included, like, uh, Lerami Tunsil, Deshaun Watson, Titus Howard, J.J. Watt, guys like that. There is not one person I can think of on the Patriots yeah. where you could say, you know what, that's the guy we want to build around. I think the best player is Stephon Gilmore. And he's a 30-year-old corner. Exactly. exactly. So, Who makes a lot of money. Right, and he's got one year left in his deal after next year or something. Or maybe there's just an easy way to get out of it. Something like that. Um, yeah, right. Not a player you're building around. Not You're not. So... It almost seems like they're not waiting for the game on Sunday in terms of like what their mindset is. Now, if they lose, I think that should just push them completely over the cliff. Like They'll, they'll sell. But I, we spent most of our time yesterday talking about that. I want to talk more about Cam Newton specifically because Mike Shope on the afternoon show about an hour ago was mentioned Newton in a way that I don't think I've heard yet this week, but it makes total sense, and I don't think it's, you know, it's not hard to arrive at this conclusion. The way Newton's career has gone to this point, especially in the last two years, with 
injury problems and questions about how much athleticism he has left and still having the mechanical problems and his throwing motion and his footwork that he's always kind of had that his athleticism is always made up for and the lack of a commitment right now from a franchise to make him their franchise quarterback new england made him the starter but you're not getting me to, hey, New England believed in him as a franchise quarterback. They gave him a one-year deal for $700,000. I'm not getting there on that. Newton's career is maybe on the line this Sunday against the Bills because the season started great. Now it's gone completely off the rails. You look at his numbers in totality on the season, two touchdowns, seven interceptions through the air. And the passing numbers, I mean, he's well under 200 yards per game throwing the football. And I do think he has some solid excuses. New England this Sunday is going to trot out there Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, and Gunnar... Olszewski. Olszewski, thank you, because I did not have that. I don't know why that's at the top of my mind. (laughs) Like, that's his trio of wide receivers. Who the hell is their starting tight end? Uh, Their running back is just a mishmash of guys that maybe they're good, but I don't know. Um... The defense isn't playing all that great. Like, Newton's not getting a lot of help right now. Yeah. But, man, he's not doing himself any favors. He's also not helping. Right. And if he just comes out on Sunday and the Bills dominate and he can't do anything, he can't throw the football, he can't hit open targets, he can't run as much because the Bills, I would think, are going to key in on that more with the lack of weapons that he has. If he just can't do anything on Sunday against the Bills and they lose and they're 2-5, and five, they already benched him for Stidham in the last game for a quarter – and I wonder if they would get to Stidham to see, hey, what do we got? Season's over anyway. If that happens, where is Cam Newton in his career? He's backing up a team that's going nowhere, that doesn't have a commitment to him long term. He'll enter free agency for the second year in a row. We already know how it went this past off season, where he was down to one starting job in the league. Like That was it. And, hey, if... James Winston had ended up in New England, or Marcus Mariota had ended up in New England, or some other backup that, you know, Andy Dalton, who was looking for a starting job and did not get one. If one of those guys ended up in New England, Cam Newton would not have been a starter this season. And he finally got it. He got the prove-it deal. He didn't, or he hasn't, and if he loses on Sunday and maybe he gets benched, then he wouldn't have. And what is he looking at? He's looking at a backup job at best, and I don't even know if a team wants to sign him to that because nobody was knocking, banging down the door for him to be a backup this past off season. See, I think he could still be a decent backup. You know, I think he still he's shown flashes of brilliance already this year. He's shown that he still has it in him, in a game to game basis, that he could be the Cam Newton of old. Right? We've already saw seen that at the beginning of the year. We've seen that already. Can he do it? Throughout the length of a season, can does he have the durability at this point of his career to be a starter? I don't think so, especially if he doesn't turn the season around. But like, what would Bills fans be doing if the roles were reversed? Not the roles. What would be Bills fans be doing if the stats were reversed? If Josh Allen had two touchdown passes and seven interceptions at this point in the season, I mean, you're mad. talking about panic. You're oh, talking yeah. about and maybe not even panic, maybe just acceptance that Josh Allen isn't the future. Oh, yeah. I don't think it would be panic. It would be acceptance that this is not the guy moving forward, and I think that's where you arrive to with Cam Newton right now. Now, he could go out and have a great game against the Bills Sunday. How? I don't really see an avenue because 
He doesn't have any help. And this is not like the 15-1 and Panthers that didn't have a lot of help because Cam Newton was healthy and elite and an MVP form. He is no longer that. And he, I don't see him ever getting to that. Like, let's be real about that. Me too. You know, so I don't think this is the end of his career like he retires, unless he does. I mean, he, who knows what he wants to do. He'll, he could find a, a backup spot somewhere if he doesn't turn things around. But, I mean, it felt the like, stats though, are brutal. It, it felt like there was reporting in the offseason that Cleveland inquired and New England was the only team to offer him a contract. And if that's true, now maybe this could be one of two things. And I would point to it being the first one I'm about to say. I think it's more likely that teams and general managers just assumed or accepted or were informed by the agent that he was only settling for a starting quarterback job. So nobody would even bother Mm. with going for him as a backup. In fact, Brandon Bean spoke on Newton in the offseason, and he said that, hey, yeah, like if he gets to a point where he feels like he's got to accept a backup job, then maybe we'll be interested. But there was never a call. There was never a contract. So it could have been that. And I think it's more likely that it was that. The teams knew Newton didn't want to be a backup. Two, and I hope this isn't the case, because I think this is small-minded, and I think this is kind of the mindset that used to exist in old-school football that should not exist anymore, that Newton is this, you know, flamboyant personality, and he is in it. he's a little individualistic in that he wears the fancy clothes, right? And he's, he's very active on social media. And he kind of has this perception of being a big personality. I'm not sure that that's even true, to be fair. I think a lot of guys get that perception just because of, you know, the way they speak in press conferences. And it's not even accurate. But maybe teams were just afraid of Cam Newton as a backup. Because, hey, if you're a team struggling and you believe in a rookie quarterback, I made the case for Josh for him to back up Josh Allen this season. I wrote a piece for our website in April where like the Bills should sign Cam Newton to be their backup quarterback. One, because if Allen flames out at the beginning and you've got this amazing roster, I'd still like to be able to take advantage of it. And two, if Allen were to get hurt, knock on wood, that's not going to happen. I don't really believe Mac Barkley gets you to the playoffs. I don't believe he wins you a division. Maybe now he would, but... In the offseason, that's not the way I was thinking. Newton, with that roster, I'm like, yeah, this is still a division contender, no? Now, it obviously didn't happen. But the case I or the case against it I was making in April, why I could see it not happening or I could see it going wrong, was that if Allen is even struggling a little bit at the beginning of the season, it's only natural that some guys in that locker room Maybe in their own heads, maybe they wouldn't vocalize it, but maybe in their own heads, they'd be thinking, man, this guy is not playing well, and I've got an MVP sitting over there. Yeah. And I, like, the team is good. Like, maybe we want to do that. Right. And that can happen, and that can fracture a team. Now, I think sometimes that's overstated, you know, the likelihood that that can happen. But. That's where I'm at in Newton. Like, I wonder if teams would be afraid to make him a backup. And maybe that could hurt See, his I, chances of, of becoming a backup in the league. If the, if the season keeps going this way, I don't see that being a problem in the future. Because a lot of the mystique around someone signing Cam Newton this year was that no one had any idea what he was going to look like, right? He's coming off a couple of bad seasons, but it was well documented that he wasn't healthy. Okay? So the mystique... in, in all of us, I think, were 
a little bit concerned when it was announced the Patriots signed Newton. I was I was mm-hmm. I was concerned in the sense of like, all right, if this guy is you know seventy five percent of MVP Cam Newton, the Patriots can certainly with Bill Belichick coaching and them historically having a good defense, can certainly make yet another run at this division, right? So that was some of the mystique. We didn't know what Cam Newton was. But if this trends, if this continues, everyone knows what he is. I don't think that a, a team next year, if he goes to a different team, will be looking at Cam Newton the same way that we would have been looking at him prior to this sure. season and all these struggles because that's now it's no longer a what is he it's this is who he is now you think if they get blown out on sunday they go to stidham because i think i do i think i think they go to stidham if they get blown out i don't see the point in starting cam newton anymore you have no long-term obligation and you might as well find out exactly what you have in stidham and i'm not convinced it's anything at all but why would you not yeah, find out what you have, and honestly, you won't even get a fair evaluation of Stidham because there is just like right. nothing there to help him either. It'd be like it'd be Bills fans saying you can't judge Josh Allen based on his rookie year because his best receiver, best in quotation marks, was Kelvin Benjamin, who right. they released, <laughs> right. you know, yes. and Andre Holmes, and then there was an organizational shift and they infused the talent. But like, you don't even get a good look at Jarrett Stidham. I think it's. You have no winning play there mm-hmm. if they get blown out on well, Sunday to the Bills. Then it almost sounds like they're just hoping that they get high enough in the draft. Sure. And they could. And they could. They could. No, they, they're two wins. Three losses in a row. One of them to yeah. the Denver Broncos. And they essentially, the Denver Broncos, that team that has pretty <laughs> much no nobody left on it. Cortland Sutton, gone. Von Miller, gone. They gift-wrapped mm-hmm. a victory by making stupid decisions down the stretch and they still it never even really got close like it got a little you know hairy at the end but it never really looked like cam newton was going to be able to pull it off hey and by the way they got two games still against the jets so if they really want to bottom out they better do it quick because (laughs) (laughs) the jets are gunning for number one overall yeah um so there's a lot going on with new england right now they're more interesting to me than the bills are i think the bills the most likely scenario with them is they're just going to coast the division like that doesn't have to happen. We've both kind of spoken on this that we do respect what Miami's got going on, and there is a possibility that they could push the Bills. But I think there's also a there's a greater possibility that the Bills just kind of build a cushion and just kind of coast through the season as the number one team in the AFC East. And we're sitting here talking about in November, hey, what do we need to do to be able to get the third seed in the AFC? Would it surprise you at all that a 500 Bills team wins the division? If the Bills finished Ooh, eight and eight, man. do you think that's good yeah. enough to win the AFC East? Because I, I want to see what Tua looks like against the Rams first. But right now, to me, that seems like it. I don't think the Bills are going to finish eight and eight. But what's the floor? What's the floor record they could have and win the AFC East? Everyone's talking about the NFC East being atrocious, and mm-hmm. it is. They don't even have a Bills in there to make it look better. I what think, is the AFC East if Miami loses, Tua doesn't look good, the Rams blow out the Dolphins, and then the Bills take care of business against the Patriots? What's the floor? I think I want to say it's nine and seven, but I don't want to rule out that it's eight and eight. I think they're better than eight and eight. This is it's a different question. Like what 
will they do and what do they need to do to win the division? Because I think they will be at least 10 and 6. Can you but get the Patriots eight, eight, and maybe. the Dolphins to 7 wins? I think it certainly get the Patriots down to 7. I'm, I'm No, think, I'm saying up. Can you oh, right up. now can you get, can get the get Patriots to 7? You you can with this schedule. Yeah, I can get that them they to still seven. have. You I, can get them to 7? I like Miami, dude. I I do. I think that they can get to 7. Um I'm looking at week 17 against the Dolphins. That's all I'm doing right now. And I, I want to say something, but I'm not going to do it. You want that to be in play for the no, division no, no, playoffs? No, 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 no. no, I don't want it to. I'm just saying. Could it be? The, if there, if there's a very slim chance in my mind that, like, hey, if there's a big game this season that matters for the division, they could be playing Miami in week 17 for the division. Like, again, I don't think that's likely, though. So I don't, I don't even think know it's likely it. either. But. I'm just saying, watch the Dolphins. Watch out for the Dolphins. I'm, in, I, I I'm intrigued. They're decent. I'm I intrigued. Tua, too. A lot of upside there, maybe. 803-0550 is the phone number. We kind of morphed into, like, I, maybe we should talk about that. I know New England is this Sunday, but are we giving too much respect to the Dolphins? Are we right to just assume that they are a better, a bigger threat to the Bills right now than their upcoming opponent, the Patriots, are? Let us know what you think, 803-0550, as well as, you know, who you think the biggest choke artist is right now in sports, because... Kershaw kind of nicks that. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. Thursday Night Football coming up in about an hour here on WGR. It's definitely a different task. He brings a different a different skill set to the game. But then Brady, he's been in the he was in the system for 20 years, so they had a check and a play for everything. It was a big old playbook for him. It was 20 years worth of honing in and adjustments and with Cam coming in his first year. I don't think that that playbook is as big. That kind of limits the things that they're doing or the, all the stuff that we had to prepare for. Years past with Brady, you know, we just come in and it was a lot was put on our plate because, you know, Tom Brady, every defense we, we was in, is he already knew what to do. He already knew where to, where to go with the ball and stuff like that. So. Bills cornerback Tredavious White. The Bills will play a team that does not have Tom Brady on the roster for the first time since 2000. I just started kindergarten in 2000. Same. So, yeah, I started kindergarten the same month that football would have started that season. I'm trying to bring it back up. I had a list of all the Patriots touchdowns. So, actually, our uh, our tr- throwback Thursday trivia question earlier today in the station was who was the last Patriot to catch a touchdown against the Bills that wasn't thrown by Tom Brady? And it's been 21 years. Matt Castle never did it? Matt Castle did not do it in 2008. He ran for one, but he did not throw a touchdown. Brissett didn't. He got shut out in that game in 2016. Garoppolo didn't. Um and he had what half a game in a week 17 did he he did not play against the bills when brady was suspended that was Brissett's game and, um, and they shut the bills shut right. them out anyway so yeah. garoppolo didn't do it um but 99 drew Bledsoe was the last one so it's been, since before tom brady and like i don't know if i've sat with it just enough like appreciated it like just sat back and thought like it's over like, it's over. Like, and maybe maybe we're overstating how shot the Patriots are and how done they are. But he's gone. Like, until, he's, he's not there. Until the Patriots, you know, draft oh, second stop. overall and the Jets pass. They stop. think Darnold's the answer. They pass on Lawrence. No, oh my God. 
<laughs> Wait, who thinks who's going to think Darnold's the answer? No one does. I was just creating oh, no, the, a the nightmare. Si- yeah, because oh obviously the Jets are going to finish last, right? What a oh, nightmare man. scenario! It would be so unfair. It would be so, <laughs> it just would, so unfair. It would it's be like, like transitioning from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what I was thinking. <laughs> um, God, I hope that does not happen. I mean, let them sit in quarterback purgatory for a while. That that would be fair. You know what? You had your twenty-year dynasty. Yeah. Time. The check has come. Have, enjoy some 6-10 and ten for a while. That would be nice. Let's go to the phone lines, and we'll start with Derek and Lewiston. we got a lot on the table, by the way. Choke artists and sports. Uh, bigger threats in the division to the Bills, Miami or New England. Let's go to Derek. Derek, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Derek, are you there? Going once. I'm only going to go once. Let's go to Jonathan and Alden. Jonathan, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, um... I have to agree. I think the Dolphins are the biggest threat in the division. Um, I'm not going to count New England out yet because they still have Belichick, and I'm a bit, I guess I'm a bit hesitant because there were a lot of times where we thought they were dead and they weren't dead. And for the biggest choker, I'm going to say uh, Kyle Shanahan. Maybe Paul, hmm. but um, definitely in football, it's Kyle Shanahan. Who was the second name? Uh, Paul George of the Clippers. Oh, that, that, that's a good one. Yeah, th- thanks for the call, Jonathan. Paul Paul George is definitely a good one, by the way. The, in terms of the NBA, like that guy, holy cow. Game seven against the Nuggets in this past NBA playoffs. I mean, he's got open threes that are going off the side of the backboard. He had like, a, oh he my had a rough, God. He had a rough postseason. Um, I just had something on, who was the other thing? Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I he, what is the stat on him? The Super Bowl, second half of the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl and the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl, he got outscored something like 54 to 3. Like it's just something absolutely crazy. And he got a lot of blame in both of those situations for kind of taking his foot off the gas and trying to bleed the clock and run the football and and or was it that he was throwing the football? I don't even remember what he got blamed for. But yeah, he's got that reputation. Um we're both in agreement. Dolphins over the over the Patriots. At this Does point, it all yeah. come down to Tua? Oh, it all absolutely. It all comes down to Tua. But like, what, what is the range of outcomes on him? Like, is he just gonna? Is he? Is it even possible that he just flames out? Sure. I think he, he has got, a lower floor. To me, he has a lower floor than Fitzpatrick. We know what Fitzpatrick oh, is. No, 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 no. I don't. Do, I don't agree with that. I don't. We no. You're right. We know what Fitzpatrick is, and we know that Fitzpatrick can have games where he throws five interceptions. Like I, I'm I saying, the, the whole body of work. I think Tua's floor. We don't know. We don't have any idea what Tua is coming off of a pretty significant injury. In do not forget, he had an offense at Alabama that had four first round yeah, receivers and uh, Alabama offensive line. Yeah. What happens when he no longer has that? Or, you know, I mean, the NFL is just parody. That's really what it is. The difference between the Jets and the Chiefs is much smaller than the difference between the best team in college football and the worst team in college. Than Alabama and insert uh, Sun Belt yeah. conference team here. So, do you think it's more likely they downgraded than they upgraded? 
Fitzpatrick was averaging two. That's a good question. Fitzpatrick was averaging 256 passing yards per game. He had 10 passing touchdowns, seven interceptions, and then on the ground, even if you want it for Fitz, six games, he had 135 rushing yards and another two rushing touchdowns. That's about 22 yards per game. My initial reaction to the news was this benefits the Bills. That was the first thing I thought about. When I saw just it, it was very bizarre. It took a lot of people by surprise. The first thing I thought about or thought when I saw the news was that this helps the Bills. Fitzpatrick was playing very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fitzpatrick has a skill set that is uh, very important in today's game. He gets the ball out quick. Yep. I don't know how much a rookie quarterback can do that. And you have a not great offensive line, a young offensive line in Miami. That's one of my concerns. Fitzpatrick is very good at getting the ball out quick. He knows where he wants to go, and he throws it regardless if the receiver is open sometimes. But that's often a benefit for him. What does a rookie who hasn't really seen game action in, I mean, how long? A year? At least a year, yeah. Wasn't it? It was around this time, I think, last year that he broke his hips. It, or around there, it's about a year. Yeah. And so, what? Are, the my initial reaction was at least in the short term, this helps the Bills this season. That was my thought. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Greg in Buffalo. Greg, what's up? You're on the nightcap. Hey guys, yeah. Um, you know, I I hear what you're saying uh, right there at the end. I actually am not too threatened about the Dolphins right now. I think they're building something very good. They look like the Buffalo Bills a couple of years ago when we drafted, you know, Josh Allen and kind of building pieces. Um, you know, one thing I would say is if they kept Fitz in, I'd absolutely be nervous right now because Fitz has always played pretty good with Chan Gailey by his side. And, you know, I don't really know how, you know, two is going to look within that offense. We've never seen him play in, you know, Chan Gailey's offense. And mm-hmm. I think defenses are going to, you know, bring some pressure to him and force him to make some errors. I think it's definitely possible. I don't want to say it's likely because I liked Tua coming into the draft. And the guy I didn't like in Justin Herbert has been amazing. Uh, Joe Burrow has been really good too. So, like, we didn't know what those guys were going to be going in. They've balled. That doesn't mean, of course, Tua has to. But maybe it's some recency bias for me. I've seen some rookie quarterbacks play really well this season, and I want to think that Tua's got the same potential to do that. Isn't what you want Tua to be what Fitzpatrick has been this year, though? Wouldn't that be an encouraging sign? Wouldn't For that be... this year, yes. Right. They, of course, want more than that so in the long term. To me, that was, you know, no matter what you think of who needs to play, when needs to play, mm-hmm. to me it was... We are going to take the chance on this year, and I think that looks good for the Bills. And what you said yesterday about this is still stuck with me. The 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 fa- the part and the factor of maybe they did it now because they know how bad the Texans are and that how that high that draft pick is. And if they want to move on from Tua quickly, if they don't like what they see, and they have an opportunity for another franchise quarterback, they want they, they want to know, know enough to take it. Yeah. So. I've thought about that since you said it. Like, I wonder how much, if any, that played into the decision. Because, again, it was a weird decision. Right. Like, there had to have been – there didn't have to be. But there could have been something else to it like that, where Fitzpatrick's playing great and you benched him then. Like, it's not like you waited for a bad game. Like, you didn't want to wait. Maybe they've been waiting all season for a bad Fitzpatrick game and they just decided, hey, what if it never comes? Because we need to know. We need to know what two is. And what if Fitzpatrick never has a bad game? Then we need to do it. I think if you know Ryan Fitzpatrick enough, he will have a bad game eventually, but the Dolphins didn't want to take that chance, maybe. 
Uh, one more call before we hit a break. Let's go to Connor and Elma. Connor, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Oh, hey, what's up? Um, I think, like, uh, I think the wheels are about to fall off the, the Bills. Because, like, the Bills, because, like, if two as good as uh, Herbert or, or Joe Burrow, then I think the Dolphins, like, are better than the Bills. Because Fitzpatrick's been playing out of his mind, so there's got to be, like, they well, I they two would have to be good enough for them to make the, the switch because the Dolphins could easily make the playoffs. But even you said, if Fitzpatrick's played great, no one would say they're better than the Bills right now. I mean, Fitzpatrick played great against the Bills, and the Bills still won. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I honestly think the Patriots – I I think the Patriots are going to win this weekend because the Bills' run defense sucks, and that's what the Patriots are good at. They'll just run it down the middle. If, uh, are they good at it? Well, I mean – well, could add the first who they, they played the Dolphins and the Seahawks, and then. But Connor, isn't isn't the the tables are flipped? Like the Bills had a great run, have had great run offenses plenty of times over the years when they've played New England, and you know why it's never mattered because the Patriots have been able to throw out throw over you every time. Bingo. And now the Bills are that team. The Bills are sixth in the league in passing. So yeah, like. Go ahead, New England, run up on the Bills all day. I don't know if I care because the Bills have been getting run on all season and they're five and two. Like that should really tell you how much run defense matters. Like, yeah, you want it to be corrected, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, but on the grand scheme of things, the other team running the ball on you is not the end of the world. It's really not. I prefer the other team runs the ball all day on me, then they're throwing the ball all over the place and putting up 50 points. And another thing to consider, though, is that, you know, they've been able to run very well because they also have the threat of pass, right? And that was before this year. The way Cam Newton has looked in the last three weeks, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. and even before that, really, is if you don't really need to take the pass game out of the equation because Cam Newton is doing it for you, you can really key in on the run. Why did the Chiefs run so successfully on the Bills? Well, people say it's because... Sean McDermott said it was because they would rather... They were okay with them running on the Bills. And not throwing. Right, because there's the threat to throw because you have Patrick Mahomes. But in this case, Cam Newton is not Patrick Mahomes. You can key in more on the run this week than you can against the Chiefs than you can against the Titans. And the Titans have a great run game, but they also have Tannehill, who's playing at an MVP caliber level. Right. we got to take a timeout. we got to get you to Thursday Night Football in about 10 minutes. We'll come back and wrap things up. Quick word on the Sabres when we come back. Victor Olsen signs an extension today. They basically got every RFA locked up except Casey Middlestad. So little hockey when we come back. Then we'll get you to Panthers and Falcons coming up in about 10 minutes here on WGR. It's always the time to prove myself. Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm a one, two, three, or a long time deal. It doesn't uh, take away the, the things that uh, I need to do every day to try to prove myself as being a uh, starting goaltender in this league. That is Sabres goaltender Linus Ulmark, fresh off a new one year contract. What do we got for Ulmark? One year at 2.6 million. Just comes under Carter Hutton, by the way. We had another contract today for the Sabres from Victor Olofsson. Two years, $3.05 million. You had Reinhardt sign, one year, $5.2 million. A lot of short-term deals. Sabres did not give out really any long-term extensions this year. The longest contract they gave out 
uh, well, the two longest were both three-year deals to Zemgus Gierkins and Tage Thompson. <laughs> kind of interesting that those were the two players that got those deals. And it seemed like that was the market that was missed the most. Yeah, right. Um, on Allmark for a second here, we only have a minute anyway. What, what do you think of this as, as a take? I think Allmark only trails Jack Eichel in terms of players and how much they determine whether the Sabres will be a playoff team or not. Because And th- this is why I say that. I'm not saying Allmark's the second-best player in the team. I get what you're saying. Value. Value. If he doesn't come out and have a career season, I don't see the Sabres making the playoffs. I don't, I don't see another avenue yeah. to that happening. The, the only way that you'd be able to get there is maybe Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel They'd have to get be the best hot. And, right, it'd almost be like a, a Bills strategy. You just outscore yeah. the other opponent. But I agree. Like it, I have a difficult time envisioning a scenario where the Sabres make the playoffs if goaltending doesn't improve in a significant way. And the other thing, too, I don't think they're going to play 82 games, but we'll use 82 just as a, as a figure here. I, I think that if you want to be a playoff team, not only does Olmark have to come up and show, show out, I think that you need to commit to him as – I don't think that he's this goalie, but I think just to give yourself a shot, you got to give him the workload that the elite goalies in the league get. And again, not because he's elite, but because I just don't trust Carter Hutton playing 30 games for you this season. I agree. So if you can 60, get 60-20, yeah, 60-22. Right. If you can get Olmark somewhere around 60 games or 80% of the season, whatever that would work out to, because um, it's probably going to be a shortened season – that's where I think I need to be. I think I need Allmark playing at what? He was a 9.15 save percentage last season, which was middle of the road in the league. Maybe a small bump up there, like somewhere between 9.18 and 9.22 for a save percentage. Playing double what he did last season. I think with that, and then the roster kind of coming together the way it has, that could be enough. Not only towards just, and I'm not even talking just contending, for a playoff spot. I'm turning to like actually making a playoff spot. Like that's to me what would need to happen. Yeah, I agree. You get get stronger. I, I really like the top six they've assembled. I'd like to see a little bit more done uh with the bottom six, maybe even defensively. They haven't done I'm not anything, anything on the def- blue line. Exactly. I'm not sold on defense. But the one thing that I, I don't want to say you can control it because of course you'd want to always play better, but if Allmark does have a better season, that automatically gets you closer, yeah. right? And that, that kind of goes without saying from the goaltending position, right? Right. But, I mean, it, it can be that simple. Yep. All right, so we got to run because we got to get you to Thursday Night Football. The Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons are about a half hour away from kickoff. Our coverage here on WGR will start next. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm going to be off tomorrow, so you'll hear from me next on pregame leading you into Bills and Patriots on Sunday. So until then, have a great weekend. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. This is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.